One of the things that I really love, one of the, the several things that I love about mindfulness practice and about mindful coping practice, and this is something that I didn't necessarily always love because in the early stages of the practice, it was very painful and difficult, and it still sometimes is to confront my stuff, so to speak, or what I'd refer to as my stash. This is the stuff that is hidden away from view. Sometimes I'm even hiding it away from myself because I don't like to have to confront these certain things about myself in terms of habitual behaviors or responses to things, you know, going on with other people out in the world and just how I react and respond to things. I had a really interesting experience happen earlier this week that I do want to talk about. And I realized just a few moments ago before I started recording this that one of the most healing things in terms of mindfulness practice is that it has allowed me to become more comfortable sharing my own struggles. And I want to always do that in a way that's, that is, uh, that's positive, that's uplifting, that is constructive. Uh, I don't ever want to get lost in the stories themselves because that's really all those things are. And I want, and I really want people to know that I'm not saying that over and over again, like a broken record, so to speak, to say it to anyone else. It's almost like I, what's really happening is I'm saying it to myself with anyone who's listening to this, listening to me, remind myself about these things. And this week has been really interesting in that I found myself in a situation and I want to just really be as brief and concise as I can be about it. I found myself holding some incredibly strong opinions and I'd love to say that, you know, through mindfulness practice that has made me immune to getting caught up in feeling really, really strong and even more important than feeling really strongly I would say that I'm thinking really strongly. I have uh, certain beliefs about things regarding, you know, just like all humans do. We these beliefs that we can hold on to and it feels very natural to have them. And I think in some cases it almost I would say that it feels good as a human being to have really strong opinions about things, to take certain positions. And I'm not saying that it's wrong to do so. I'm not saying that it's it makes a person bad to do so. I think it is just very, very, it's a very human behavior. And I'm not really on one side or the other, but where I found myself earlier this week in a family-related situation is that I have been dealing with some really strong feelings and thoughts and beliefs about an ongoing situation in, uh, in my own extended family. And that's all that I think I really need to share about that. And it's just because the, the details themselves won't help. And I found myself experiencing something that I never really had before in that I was thinking a lot about what I was believing, the beliefs that I was holding on to about the situation with my extended family. I was ruminating and thinking just endlessly about how I you know, was... was not comfortable or even not even so much not comfortable with how something was going or how someone was behaving but it was almost as if I you know I saw things I really believed that I saw how I thought things needed to be and that they really didn't like things that, that were really happening really were not lining up with that 
And I had a discussion with one of my family members about this situation, who it affected the most. And I never experienced this before, but as I am very strongly, and I was fully aware of what I was doing. That's the interesting thing about this is that, you know, I do think this is one of the most important benefits about mindfulness practice is that I can exhibit this kind of behavior. I can, you know, really basically be so completely caught up in my own strong opinions about how I think things, you know, how I feel about the the current state of affairs, the fact that I disagree with it, then I have my beliefs about the way I think it needs to be. And I mean, I'm feeling this really intensely and I'm thinking this really intensely, but the practice allowed me to become aware of the fact that I was really animated. I had a lot of energy that I was devoting to this. I really had gotten myself incredibly worked up. I mean, really, really emotional. And I, it, it was so beautiful for me to be able to embrace the fact that many times in my life when I have behaved this way, I have not been aware of it. And before I started practicing mindfulness and mindful coping practice, there was zero awareness. And maybe I would not be aware until it was really too late. And that's really what I'm beginning to realize about this is that it's not about cultivating, it's not about practicing to cultivate awareness to prevent myself from behaving this way because then all I'm going to do is be on guard all the time, constantly, about trying not to hold strong opinions and trying not to hold on to certain beliefs and trying not to be this opinionated person walking around in an unsolicited fashion letting people know what I think about something. And it does. The whole thing seems so utterly ridiculous. It's humorous. I mean, I have found myself later after this happened and when I finally, quote-unquote, woke up and realized what I was doing and what ended up happening was I woke up in the midst of sharing these, you know, my beliefs and these strong opinions about someone in my extended family and the way that they were behaving towards another member of my family. And for some reason, I just, it was, I wasn't even trying to be aware. I just became aware. And the only thing I can say is, is that most likely I don't, I can't know for sure, but most likely the reason I became aware, I assume, and there again, I don't want to be getting too caught up in my assumptions because then it's, you know, assumptions fall very close to holding beliefs, but my, my uh, instincts and my intuition tells me that I became aware because I had practiced being aware of my thoughts, you know, during, you know, during previous moments that I had, have gotten in a habit in a neural groove of creating some headspace so that I can witness my own thoughts. I can witness my own reactions and my own behavior. And after a while, it's, I guess it's become, I call it maybe a way, maybe I go as far to call it a way of life. I just really don't know because I have no way of knowing what the future will hold for me and what my choices are. But it was so beautiful because I cannot begin to put into words. I'm going to try, but I, I, it's hard for me to put into words what it felt like to imagine yourself you know, speaking very vociferously, very loudly, and, <laughs> and with a lot of conviction about thoughts that I had about the situation in my own extended family. 
and the person that it was affecting negatively in the most, the most, you know, was the person that I was finding myself talking to them about this, telling them about how I thought things needed to be different, why I thought things, you know, this other person in my extended family was being unfair to this other person. And I was just completely wrapped up in it. I had, I had, I've been upset about this for a long, pretty long period of time, a year or two at least. I have had, you know, really disagreed very strongly about the state of affairs in this particular situation. Uh, And I've really sometimes felt this incredible need to express my opinion, whether someone wanted to hear it or not. And I was basically caught myself in the act of doing it yet again. I just really had my own opinions. I had my take on things. I had my perspective and I needed to let this person know this. And it's so annoying because I have been on the receiving end of people doing this to me with my eyes rolling and me shaking my head and thinking, I wish this person could realize how ridiculous they're being right now. And I've, I've, I know what it's like to be on the receiving end. And here and, and yet, here I was completely consumed with the need to take my own opinion so unbelievably seriously. I, I just, it, it was astounding. And right in the middle of doing this, it was almost like the, there was like, I was, you know, there was, I was, I had blown up a balloon. The tension between me and my family member was constantly increasing. I'm pushing them away. And I didn't realize it until I was well underway. And I was so busy needing to be heard that I needed this person to hear me. And all of a sudden, it was kind of like, in a way, if you can imagine a balloon, I'm blowing up a balloon, and it's approaching the point at which the balloon is going to pop, because it can only hold so much hot air. And in this case, the hot air, so to speak, was coming from me. I was the one actually running my mouth, just really, you know, really engaged in and really caught up in identifying as the person who needed this person to hear what I had to say. And I want to say, there's nothing wrong with needing to be heard. There's nothing wrong with having things to say. What I'm finding is, is it really that the, that the things that I'm saying aren't necessarily the biggest problem and the biggest challenge. The words themselves have the ability to put people off and put people at a distance. But I think even more so, it's the fact that if I don't have any awareness of my own thoughts that are generating this energy and, you know, and keeping that momentum of that energy moving forward, I'm going to really unleash and spill this energy all over someone else or other people. And so most importantly, it's just a matter of, it's not so, you know, it's not so much that I didn't need to speak anything. It's just the way that I was speaking it and what I was speaking and the fact that I knew that I had the answers to what was right and what was wrong. And it's almost like in a way, at some point, my awareness came online and I caught myself in the middle of, I'd stop short of calling it a tirade, but it probably was that or some version of that. And I'm going to cop to that. I'm going to say, yes, it most likely was a tirade, you know, in my, you know, the way that I would do that. And it's like that balloon was just literally approaching the point where it could hold, not hold any more air. And the energy around me and this person, I think, was being, was, you know, I was basically 
causing a situation where this person was kind of retreating from me. I wasn't being hateful or unloving. It's just I was so wrapped up in my own opinion, my own take, that I needed to speak these things so unbelievably in such a in a way of convict you know so convicted about what I was saying. I was so assured that I had all the answers that at some point I don't know what happened, but the balloon, you know, like when for instance you don't tie a balloon after you blow it up and it you just let go of it and it basically just blows all over the room. That's essentially what happened. All the air came out of the balloon almost immediately after I became aware of what I was doing. And what's happening is my mouth is running. I'm still talking. And all of a sudden, my consciousness just changed. And I realized, oh my gosh, what am I, you know, what am I doing? What is all this? What, I mean, what are all these words I'm saying? And then I became aware of the futility of trying to tell someone that something needs to be different if they're not willing to do what they need to do to make it different. My words and my opinions and my thoughts about how things need to be wasn't going to change any of that. And all it really was going to do was basically push this person away who I love and care about very much. That's all it was really going to do. And so I suddenly got this glimpse of myself just acting in a way that was unbelievably ridiculous and one-sided. And I immediately stopped saying anything. And I just kind of stood there and it was to the point that the person that I was unleashing all of these opinions on was just kind of looking at me and I basically looked at them and said, oh my gosh, I, you know, I didn't realize I've really been so wrapped up in my own take on this that I can't see anything else. And I'm really, really sorry about that. And it, it, it immediately, the energy in the room completely changed because of the fact that I just became aware of what I was doing. And as I let guys, I just, and it was almost like it was taking time. I was having to just sort of remove myself from this situation. I was slowly just kind of pulling away from this and letting go of all this attachment to the belief that I knew what was right and what was wrong and what needed to be changed and what this person was not doing that they should have been doing or vice versa. And I just became overwhelmed. My heart opened up. And then I realized before it hoped my heart opened, I didn't really realize how closed it had become. I really had convinced myself that I was acting in this person's best interest, that I knew what was right, I knew what they needed to do, and that they just needed to listen to me and acknowledge it. And there, I, I became aware after this had all happened, when I kind of replayed this in my mind, that I was so unbelievably... I was so unbelievably enamored with and I was so attached to the need to be the person that knew what was right and that I really wanted to do everything that I could to, I don't want to say exert my will, I think that would be going a little far, but I just wanted to speak what I needed to speak so that maybe this person would stand up for themselves and deal with this situation. But it's not up to me. It's not my fight. This is something, this person is an adult. They can stand up for themselves. And I can say right now that having practiced mindfulness, and this is available to any of us, allowed me in those moments to possibly 
even begin to make amends to this person because this isn't the first time that I've expressed these strong opinions. This isn't the first time that I have behaved in a way that I'm not really proud of in terms of making offhand comments because, you know, this is, and this is a person in my extended family that I care about a lot. And, you know, there's a tendency to feel protective. And when this happens, it's, uh, it's it, everything just, you know, in terms of ration, rational behavior and rational thinking goes out the window. And I'm, I'm learning that it is okay to feel certain things when certain situations occur. I can see other people struggling with things, but I know that my opinions, and, and, and the more I'm realizing this, the less I'm really needing to have opinions at all. And I'm looking back over the last, you know, over 20 years of continuing to practice mindfulness, and I am finding that overall my opinions that I have held on to, many of them have gone away. Not all of them, but many of them have. I'm finding myself much less opinionated. I'm finding myself holding on to a lot less in terms of overall beliefs about life and what the way that it's supposed to be. And I'm finding that I can just sit with things that sometimes completely confound me. And sometimes when I'm watching someone struggling knowing or at least thinking that I know what would change things, that it's not up to me to, uh, to get myself involved and to insert myself into that situation. And what I'm finding is that I also don't want to beat myself up for this. But I, I do know that after experiencing this, I have found myself in the, in the days afterwards completely letting go of my opinions and my beliefs about what is going on in this particular situation. And I'm beginning to just be open to the fact that this person that I was expressing these opinions to may continue to uh, continue to deal with this situation or not deal with it in this case, however they choose. And that I really don't need to, uh, I want to be supportive, I want to love them. And these are all things that I've known before. This is really the way I want to be. I think the disconnect for me over the long haul has been figuring out a way. First of all, figuring out the most important revelation was that it's my thoughts that generate this kind of behavior. I can't really hold beliefs and have strong opinions unless I first have thoughts about the way I think things are and the way that I think things need to be. And once I realize that that is just, there again, it's, that's just another habit of mine. That's just another neural groove that I have developed and that that becomes my go-to behavior when I'm not present in the moment, in the here and now where everything is happening. It's very easy for me to mindlessly get caught up in these strong opinions and beliefs and having these reactions when things don't line up with my opinions or my beliefs about the way that I think things need to be. It's incredibly human to behave this way, but I also know that I'm not condoning it for myself just because it's human to do so. Because I can look back and see relationships where I have put people at a distance and distanced myself because I really had such a deep need to have an opinion about something or things and then I needed to express them to the people that I think that it was really going to quote unquote help and I know that it really doesn't.
And all it really does is make people more likely to want to not be around me or to roll their eyes or to tune me out when I start, you know, when I start, it's like a boulder rolling downhill and I just can't stop myself. I just can't help myself. I've talked to many people who have, who, who have experienced this and do sometimes experience this. And what I've found is the only thing that has worked for me has been to just be aware of the seeds that are getting planted. If these beliefs and these opinions become like really strong, you know, tall trees, that uh, it's hard to chop them down. It's hard to see through the, uh, the falseness of these things. It's hard to see through the fact that these are just really infrastructures that we build with our thoughts. And they can become really extensive. They can take up a lot of quote-unquote real estate in our minds. Uh, it's easy to do. But I really want to be able to avail myself of a practice that allows me, just like in this situation, to where the balloon just kind of all the air came out of it. And I there I was sitting there feeling so unbelievably foolish, feeling so ridiculous for having behaved this way. But I also want to say that, you know, I don't want to practice mindfulness without it, without compassion towards myself and others. The point of this really, it's not just about, Hey, look, I can actually spend 30 minutes, not really believing anything I'm thinking about what I'm feeling. Isn't this wonderful? There's a point to all of this, at least in in the way I see it. And I don't want to get crazy with that or get carried away with it. And I don't want to really get caught up in expressing this sentiment a lot to other people. But I do want to say it because I think it may, it bears, it's, uh, it makes sense to say it here. And so I'd say it bears repeating at least one more time. And I'm saying it because it's only, it's the truth that I have found. And that is, I only want to practice mindfulness and be more aware of what I'm thinking about what I'm feeling and to be able to pay attention to my own reactions because I ultimately want to be a loving person. I want to extend that love and that unconditional love towards myself and towards others. I don't want to cause any more suffering in the world. I don't want to cause needless suffering for myself or for others. And this comes from a very long Eastern tradition of this is the point of the practice. It's, it's, it's wanting to be a better person. And I know that there's numerous ways to be a better person. So I'm not saying that this is the only way or the best way. But I know for me, this is the only way that has worked. And thankfully, I caught myself before I completely alienated this other person that I felt such a strong need to make my opinions known. I needed to get this stuff off my chest. And it really wasn't helping. And, 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 And even, you know, what's even interesting about it is it certainly wasn't helping the other person. And it definitely wasn't helping myself. Because really, I was—I couldn't be there for them. I could not have any compassion for them and their predicament. Because I was wrapped up in my own predicament that I had generated and created for myself. I had a choice. And I made the choice to have these strong opinions. And I needed to, to have them heard. And I needed it to be—I needed them to be heard now. That, But I for, I've, I've forgiven myself for that. And what I really want to do is just pay attention if I do anything at all differently. And it's really not any different from what I've been doing previously is to just pay attention, to breathe in and breathe out, to sit still when I can, to pay attention to my thoughts and to be aware that I'm thinking them and that I don't have to think them. 
I don't have to believe everything I'm thinking about what I'm feeling. I do have a choice. And I know when I make that choice to not do that, that I'm a much, I would imagine that I'm a much more pleasant person to be around. I can live in my own skin much more easily and naturally and be with myself and with other people if I give myself this ability to do what I know I can do. I just have to do it over and over and over again, which is, I believe is why they call it a practice. And I do want to continue to do so.